About 20 years ago, my wife and I moved into an inner city neighborhood on the south side of Minneapolis for a few years. Having lived all of our lives previously in rural or suburban communities, this was going to be a new experience for us. So we sought the wisdom of others who had made the transition into the inner city. And in so doing, we got one especially salient piece of advice. I'll share it with you coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining us for this hour of spiritual direction, seeking to draw closer to the Lord and see more of His goodness at work in our lives today. As my wife and I were moving into inner city Minneapolis, the especially meaningful piece of advice we received went something like this. That typically in small towns and even suburbs, when things are normal, there's quiet. Perhaps a bit of traffic now and then, yes, but overall, there are limited street sounds. In the inner city, said our counselor, especially with its mix of ethnicities, nationalities, traditions, customs, and manners of personal expression, you're likely to find the opposite. When things are normal, expect to hear shouting, laughing, kids crying, cars going by, machinery running, all sorts of sounds of people living life out loud, as it were. But, he said, the time to become wary in the inner city is when things become quiet. If people have stolen away off the streets, if there's little more than the sound of the wind, be on your guard. Something, he said, is going down. Fascinating advice, and I must say, more often than not, it did prove true for us. But then I got to thinking of how true it also may prove for our spiritual lives as well. Too often, I think, although we richly value our time in the inner city, we live in the inner city of our spirit, where noise is expected. We saturate our days with music, with talk, video, social media, and yes, dare I say it, even radio. Then, when silence does come, we can often become uncomfortable. We don't know how to act or what to do with it. Well, that's our topic today on the show, getting comfortable with silence. Joining us as our spiritual director is Father Ramil Fajardo, a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago. Back in 2013, Father Fajardo joined Holy Name Cathedral, began his duty as a judge of the Metropolitan Tribunal. And in 2017, he took on being the director of liturgy and the cardinal's delegate for St. James Chapel. And two years ago, he was named the rector of the National Shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. Welcome back to the show, Father. Thanks for joining us again. Good morning, Patrick. I just got tired listening to you uh, mention all the jobs I've got to do. I was going to say, how do you even have time to be with us, Father? Hopefully this is a bit of a respite for you. That's what we would pray. Oh, yeah, definitely it's a respite. (laughs) Okay, good, good. Well, uh, because radio silence, dead air on the radio is a bad thing, we'll try to keep that respite spirit, but maybe without complete silence. But maybe you could start us off as we're talking about getting comfortable with silence. Why is silence so important to the spiritual life? Because we're completely bombarded. We are bombarded by just noise, um, dinging. In fact, just right now, I got a text message. Somebody was trying to get my attention. And I'm like, ding, this, all emails showing up. It's almost impossible in 2023 to get away from people. 
And yep. from... Oop, I just got one too. See, there you go. Yep. <laughs> there okay, you go. Go ahead. It's, yeah. There's almost there's almost a sense of urgency. Yeah. And if if everything is urgent, then nothing is urgent, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no sense of discernment. So we have to be deliberate, very deliberate about carving out that alone time, and we have got to also have other people join us in that by asking them to re- please respect these boundaries, the sense of order that we need to draw. Mm-hmm. This is plain and simple. There's just no way around it. We have to be deliberate. Now, this is a topic I think that we come back to um, uh, here on The Inner Life because it is so important and because silence in our lives is so elusive. And, I mean, you said we are bombarded, but any other reasons why you think silence is so difficult for Americans, not just finding silence, but also um, how we're perhaps inclined to not? Well, I think Americans, in general, are very much um, action-oriented. So we're in constant need of activity. There's a sense of, quote-unquote, activism that Americans are addicted to. We like results, especially we like results that demonstrate we did a good job or we know exactly what we're doing, that we're in charge. So silence, I think, almost ends up becoming a, uh, a sense of lack of accomplishment or even an indictment that you're not busy, that you're not doing anything. Wow. True. True enough, true enough. Well, Thank you, Father, for doing that. Sorry if I cut out there for a little. It was not. It was not intentional. If I if I was cutting out there, um, yeah, I suddenly had silence. And and you're absolutely. That's right. I would, my question was, why do we get so uncomfortable when it comes? Well, uncomfortable. You know, it's again. We just need to be active, and we are trained to be active. We we have a sense of accomplishment. So, um, yeah. I think we just need to see that there's something, there's movement, that we're doing something for the purpose that we've been placed on Earth, whatever that may be. Sometimes I think we end up projecting too much. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, we seem to be having a bit of, of technical issues. I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and see if we can get these uh, ironed out on my end. But uh, as we go into break, okay. if you have ways of that you have encountered silence or grown comfortable with silence, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll take that break now. We'll take our early break now, and we'll come back, hopefully with all things ironed out right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. The Sound of Silence. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. Thank you so much for tuning in. I apologize for our, any technical issues there. I think we've got them ironed out, but we'll see as we proceed ahead. Just want to mention before we get back to being coming comfortable with silence that a year from now, on July 17th through 21st of 2024, there's going to be a life-changing Eucharistic Congress in the heart of the Midwest 
and we're inviting you to join us there. Come be a part of the National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis next summer. You can meet your favorite show hosts, join us for the Family Rosary Across America each night on the main stage, and most importantly, join together with 80,000 other Catholics in adoring Christ in the Eucharist. Let's show up for Jesus next summer in Indianapolis. Learn more and get the latest information about the Congress by signing up at relevantradio.com slash indy, I-N-D-Y, relevantradio.com slash indy. Well, again, our spiritual director today is Father Ramil Fajardo, who's talking is talking to us about getting comfortable with silence, and we'll try to eliminate any <laughs> future uh, bits of silence here on the program here, because, again, radio silence is not what we want. But we want we do want to talk about this silence, and specifically, Father, um, I want to I want to move into making silence in our lives, making time for silence in our lives. Any practical suggestions you you would have for how can people cultivate silence, you know, and actually schedule it into their schedules? Well, I think the most obvious way is to begin by looking at the schedule. I, I think it's it's kind of prosaic, but take a look at the schedule and be very deliberate about building in quiet time. Now. When I, was, when I was in the seminary, after ordination, I had taken a class on priestly spirituality. It was uh, toward a cert- certification in spiritual direction. And the priest who was heading it uh, used to always talk about the monastery of the heart. Okay, And that was the basis uh, from which many of our talks and our classes about the interior life, mental prayer, would begin. Mm. Another, another saint... Uh, well, a saint, Saint Josemaria Escrivá, used to always talk about being contemplatives in the middle of the world. Okay, that's the end goal—to be contemplatives in the middle of the world, to have that, okay. to to be so from the monastery of the heart. But how do we do it? Number one, something as simple as, all right, look at your schedule. What can you do to put order into it and be deliberate about saying, at this time, I will take some silent time. Adoration uh, is wonderful. If you can, if you can spare fifteen minutes, thirty minutes, an hour, a holy hour, as Fulton Sheen used to say, uh, I think it was Saint Francis de Sales, echoed by Fulton Sheen, who used to always say, "You know, you really should take the time. Thirty minutes. If if you're busy, you you really need thirty minutes. If you're really busy, you need an hour." So yeah. it was a very deliberate effort to say, "No, my attention is towards the Lord." So taking the time out to just sit with the Lord. But always, if you have that interior life, then you're always in conversation with God anyway. So staying very close, and I think to our our friends, our listeners, you know, I always say, how is the prayer life? If you give our Lord even 10 seconds to say, good morning, Lord, or how are you, Lord? You know, he already knows how we are, but to make the effort to to lean into the conversation, there's already a start right there. Our Lord will never allow us to be disappointed. Okay, so when we end up having alone time, we also have to be deliberate about making sure that our phones are turned off. I think Patrick, I was just telling you earlier. I'm getting these. Uh, I'm getting all these these texts all of a sudden. It's like related to the office, and I get. I need to just turn off my phone and just say, nope, that's enough of that for now. Also, having the wherewithal to tell our family, to tell our friends, you know, 
I'm going to do this. Would you like to join me in adoration? Would you like to join me at, uh, at prayer? Invitation, because we're also not completely alone. We have our Lord, but also we're meant to be apostolic. So to build a culture of silence, to build a culture of uh, unity while we're praying, we can also do an invitation to others. Father, um, this is Nick. Uh, the, how important do you think it is um, to cultivate silence within the context of the family? How, how, how do we do that if we have young kids or we feel like we're pulled in a lot of different directions? How do we how do we teach kids the importance of silence? Um, you know, when they're like, you know, you know, their minds are pulled in in so many different directions. Right. You know, back in the day, this is actually kind of funny. You mentioned that. When I was younger, our my parents would always say, we're going to do a rosary. We will do a rosary mm. tonight. And it's not, you know, it's not as common as it used to be. Admittedly, fam- family rosary was a time for us to gather and everybody pay attention. And I, th- I think there's, there's no way around it to just say it requires discipline. Requires discipline. I don't know if kids are a little different today. You know, we're always pumped up with activity, but back in my time, it was always all right. Focus. Now we pray. Mm-hmm. Same thing with meals. Uh, meals. We always start with a prayer. Invoke the sign of the cross so that we begin that very dedicated time of meal. And I would say the same thing with prayer. Just gather the family together. And again. Rosary for some kids, it's too much. Well, all right, let's do let's do ten hail mary. Let's do a decade, right? No prayer is wasted, never wasted. So if the kids are too young, all right, hey, let's do let's do a decade of the rosary, and mom and dad can explain that mystery, right, in terms that the children can understand, and then also build into them. All right, now let's just sit still for just a moment, incrementally moving it forward to say a little more time now a little more time it can't all of a sudden i think saint Josemaria was very good at that to just say well you can't bop kids over the head with you know a whole a whole rosary if they're not ready right but it's moving it's moving everyone towards focusing and incrementally acknowledging the silence Silence is just, it's, it can be very daunting. I was just joking with one of my friends, you know, radio silence. No, no, no. I like, I like to stand in the pulpit and just, before I begin the homily, just stare at people and give it a full <laughs> one minute and watch people squirming because there's an expectation. And it is funny. I did that one time. I'm never going to do that again, to be quite honest, because I was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but watching people squirming and they're looking at me like, will you say something? <laughs> But that's that expectation of, you know, there has to be a rhythm. But the problem is the rhythm is bombardment. We expect noise. We we need noise. But what we really need is to just back off. That's why the Sabbath was built in by God himself. You know, how many days you can labor, but this day is for you and me. Absolutely. You know, and I remember growing up, my dad... Um, would have us at the dinner table. And one of the things that he did for us was just take 30 seconds of silence at the end of dinner. Right. And it was, it was just a moment for us to have some kind of an imaginative prayer 
a moment of either thinking of the crucifix or thinking of something religious and just listening for the voice of God. And so Mm -hmm. even though, you know, as kids, 30 seconds felt like a really long time. But for us, it was it was it was my parents preparing us, you know, to listen for the voice of God in just a really small moment. That's actually a really excellent technique. Uh, I, I don't think many of us grew up with that sort of with that sort of intentionality with uh, and it's it's almost very mystical if you think about it because again american society in 20 30 years since when i was a kid we just it's it's so fast and furious nowadays you you have phones at the table right my mm-hmm. mom and dad would have been you put that book away <laughs> back in the old days you know if any of our listeners back in the old days i used to have a book at the table and my mom my mom and dad were like no 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 you read outside this is our time so I think what your dad used to do was is actually very mystical and, and a wonderful opportunity that builds in that silence, that discipline necessary to say, okay, this is a very different environment. And we have a good question from, from Sarah who's screening calls right now. Um, and she said, how do we as parents prioritize silence for ourselves so that we can practice what we preach? You know, it begins from the very first moment you wake up. That's a good question, Sarah. From the minute you wake up, attention towards God. Recognize God as your Savior. And say, here I am, Lord. I'm here to do your will. The minute we anchor our focus on God and acknowledge Him, because one thing I've told people, and this is something that we all need to take to our prayer, you and I are absolutely unique. There's simply no other me or you. So we have God's fullest attention. If you really, really take that seriously, that should put you in awe right there. The absolute uniqueness of each and every one of us. So, as our caller was saying, how do I do that for myself and for my children? The minute you wake up, greet the Lord. You already have his attention, fullest attention. Now let's give him some attention. If we bring mm-hmm. that mystical experience and recognition into our lives, we can build on that, absolutely build on that. Father, um, we have a phone call, right? Uh, 888-914-9149. If you'd like to talk to Father Ramil Fajardo, we're talking about silence, incorporating silence in our lives, how we can enter into silence and hear the voice of God. And Father, we have Maggie from Miami, Florida calling in. Maggie, you are on the air with Father Ramil. What's your question? Hi, good morning. Good afternoon, actually. <laughs> good morning, um, Maggie. <laughs> no, actually, For us in the Midwest. Get on me here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, my concern is at Mass. After communion, I, I would just die for for 30 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half of silence so I could pray. And it's just constant. And then nothing against the music and the ministers, the music ministers and the choir, they're, they're wonderful. But I, I just, you know, during communion, we have silence. Not even, not even the organ or the piano playing, just silence. I can't even concentrate you know, on, on what I'm praying because the music, I either get caught up in the words or, the, or even the, 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 the tune distracts me. And maybe I'm unique in that. I'm, I'm willing to admit that. But I, I don't think I am. And it, it just, 
it, it follows that if we've just received the most important thing that we can receive, uh, I want a, just a few, uh, just a minute of silence that I can, you know, compose my thoughts and reflect on that. And I just can't do it. I often end up saying my after communion prayers in the car in the parking lot after mass because I just can't, I can't focus. Okay. You know, (laughs) that's enough. You know, that's that's a good question. Um, Maggie, you know what? A lot of that can be answered in two ways. Number one, not to not to excuse it. But, you know, we clergy, we priests and deacons, um, the mass has been since the Vatican Council been vernacularized. So now there is this chattiness that was built in um, a, a culture of praying from from the silence of the old Latin Mass has now been kind of unlearned. All right, so I think what you're getting at is why do we need all this chattiness? Why can't we have a moment of silence? As I said earlier in the show, we're disturbed by silence. If if there's anything more than 10 seconds of non-activity, and uh, quote-unquote, then we get nervous. Okay, so to answer you, Maggie, number one, the lack of silence and the busyness in the sanctuary uh, with the music and everything, I'm going to step out on a limb and say that's that's us clergy's fault. You know, we, we are products of our time, so some of us get really nervous with silence and or people looking at their watches. So when people are looking at their watches and we're having all these issues of, you know, Father, you're taking too long, your homily's too long, you know, us clergy, we get nervous. But on the other hand, Maggie, you also have the opportunity to say, you know what, this is really annoying me. How about I just offer this up? And, okay, the tune gets in your head. You know what, maybe that's our Lord's way of saying, all right, find me in the music. Find me in the words. Offer up the annoyance and distraction and saying, how many souls can benefit from this communion I just received of our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity within me? Is it ideal? Of course not. But anytime we can give way of our needs and wants for a greater good if we find it, then how much more fruitful your communion ended up being, right? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, in fact, I think you're right. You're, you're very much right. It would be great if we could have silence. But if we can't, can we utilize even that annoyance for a soul, for a greater good, for the redemption of somebody, and offer it up? Wow, I think I am now back online here with you, Father. Sorry about the uh, <laughs> ongoing technical issues, but maybe the Lord is trying to tell us something. Maybe he's trying to tell me something about getting <laughs> silence here in my own life. <laughs> so uh, that's always a possibility. We are talking about silence and getting comfortable with silence here on The Inner Life today. And uh, specifically, um, if there are if there are ways that you have found silence or that you struggle to find silence in your lives, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Father, I'm just wondering if you can think of any alternatives to uh, some of the usual things that fill our uh, fill our times. You know, we talked about uh, how how text messages and emails seem to pop up incessantly throughout the day. Sometimes it's the first thing that I wake up to, and it's not uncommon for it to be the last thing that I'm looking at at night. Well, I try to say night prayer before I go to bed. Um, but uh, just any any alternatives to that? Any way of maybe paring that down so it makes some space for silence in our lives? Good question. Um, 
I think I think we're very much focused on touching things. So we we ha- we find comfort in having that phone in our hand. All right, I I'm totally guilty of that. However, I, if I'm not mistaken, in her in her life, Teresa of Avila used to talk about. Well, she mentioned about mental prayer and entering into prayer, the the mansions of the heart, and she said sometimes all that was needed for her was to hold a book. And, you know, she would open it up, look at the first word, and then all of a sudden she, she'd slip her finger, close the book, and all of a sudden just that physical touch of the book had her mind already speaking with the Lord. I'm going to challenge wow. your, our listeners to think, instead of that phone, I know it's convenient to have ibrary, it's convenient to have spiritual reading on the phone, but there is something unique about holding a book. Uh, like a missal or or the, uh, the New Testament because there's only one purpose for that book, one focused uh, purpose for existence, and that is to convey the Word of God. The phone, mm-hmm. wonderful and convenient as it is, you've got access to the Internet. You've got access also to work coming into your life. So that's one way. Another way, hold the rosary. And I think it was St. Bernadette of Lourdes, Bernadette Subiru, who said, holding the rosary is like holding your mother's hand. And I think Padre mm-hmm. Pio also echoed that. Um, it's a tangible reminder, also a pocket crucifix. It, I, I was at a workshop last year where one of the brothers preached a really, really superb homily or meditation on the cross. Where is the cross in the life of us priests? So a 30-minute meditation on the love of the cross. And I sat, in, I sat in the chapel, and I'm holding my cross, my pocket crucifix, and I'm looking at it like, you know, there's a whole homily, there's a whole textbook in just holding your pocket crucifix if you really took it seriously. It's not just a work of art. It's not just jewelry. It's a theological work in your hand. Yeah, these things that kind of spur some degree of meditation or contemplation, and you did say at the beginning of the show that the goal is to be contemplatives in in the world today as we move through that. Mm -hmm. And it seems like these sacramentals, which we did a show on just last week on sacramentals, that they can be extraordinarily helpful in cultivating kind of an inner silence in our lives and uh, and setting that apart. Good warning, too, about giving up on uh, the cell phone, at least from time and again when we can, when we can substitute a more analog device like a book uh, in. As we are, as we are going in and through our uh, our daily lives, and specifically seeking to draw closer to the Lord, as we do every day here on the inner life, um, yeah, through through the practice, the cultivation of silence. Um, you mentioned books, and you mentioned uh, spiritual reading as well, and I think that that's something that uh, is something we need to incorporate into our lives. But that's another thing I've seen, at least in my own life, Father, as the as well, technology being what it was, the demands of life, the urgency that you mentioned earlier in the program, that it's harder to set aside time for reading. It's not impossible, but it's still harder. Any suggestions you would make about how to uh, cultivate a good life of reading, spiritual reading as well? You know, um, I had two titles in mind in preparation for the show today. The first one is In Silence with God by Father Benedict Bauer, B-A-U-R, Benedictine. The, the Benedictines are famed. The men and women who form the Benedictine community are famed for that sort of silence and contemplation. So 
In Silence with God by Father Benedict Bauer, and also Joseph the Silent by Father Michael Gaznier, an old classic mm-hmm. from the uh, from the 60s. Uh, notice, and I'd like to point this out, meditating also in St. Joseph. How about the fact that there's not a single recorded word in Scripture from St. Joseph? Yeah. I'd like to trick our our children, you know, at the school or in, in, at Mass. I said, what What were Joseph's last words? Because Our Lady said, do whatever he tells you. What is Joseph's? And people are scratching their head, and they're like, what did he say? I'm like, nothing! <laughs> he was Joseph the Silent. <laughs> he meditated, and he was busy. He was a workman. He was a, He, too, taught our Lord the dignity of human work. So... Ask Our Lady and St. Joseph, who are both masters of the prayer life, the spiritual life. Our Lady, who meditated upon these things in her heart, and Joseph the Silent, who was busy, busy, busy in that little town, um, doing work, uh, an excellent work, almost certainly excellent work, because Our Lord is about perfection himself. So they are the models of a job well done. So if any of our parents are listening, oh my gosh, I can't get to the kids in soccer in time. Now I got to start shopping for school supplies. You can do it all. You can do it all because God Himself will help you. No distractions are, are yeah. possible when your hearts are anchored in the Lord. I think that's a good reminder to, to place before all of us who are wanting to incorporate more silence into our lives, that this is something that the Lord wills and desires for us, right? This is something that, because right. oftentimes I think we get into this mindset that we've got to keep going, we've got to keep doing, that it all depends on us, and if we fail in this regard, well, take the show, for example. I mean, yep, I was <laughs> uh, having some technical difficulties, cut out, and um, my producer, Nick, just stepped right in, and guess what? It doesn't all depend on me. <laughs> How about that? So, um, <laughs> but with that, I think, I think, I think too. There's, I mean, I I make light of it, but at the same time, um, it is something. The silence is something the Lord loves to give us as a gift, and maybe that's a different attitude that we can maintain towards silence, is that we can actually receive it as a gift from God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, we have to be very deliberate in se- seeking out God. Um, I, I'll give you an example. For my annual workshops, we have options around the country, sometimes even around the mm-hmm. world. I usually go to Indiana, nice, quiet, quiet, quiet area. It's beautiful. You can sit by the lake. You can sit on the patio and just, you know, for lack of a better word, daydream with the Lord, right? Yeah. But I also, and, and a lot of my friends take that option. I also happen to like doing a workshop in downtown Manhattan. My, my one friend loves to just look at me and say, oh yeah, you can really do contemplation with the bus fumes, rotting garbage, and human perspiration. Great workshop. <laughs> I'd say, but we can. If you are content, contemplative by nature, and I am a city boy, I grew up in Chicago, crowds don't bother me. I can, I can walk through downtown, I can walk among people, and it doesn't bother me because we are contemplatives in the middle of the world. The silence has to be de- desired, all right? Yeah. So for our listeners, again, there's no simple answer, but you have to desire that union with the Lord. So walking mm-hmm. around downtown right. Chicago or downtown Manhattan, it's busy, but you know what? I'm a city boy, and I actually find comfort in that sort of chaos because i can navigate it not everyone can very few can on the other hand 
being out in the country. Beautiful, beautiful. But after a while, I start getting a little antsy. It's too quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, fair enough. I, that makes sense to me. Uh, we're talking with our spiritual director, Father Emil Fajardo, about getting comfortable with silence. Is there a time in your life where you have really come to a grow, grown to appreciate silence that you do desire that connection with the Lord and you make time for silence? How do you do that? Or maybe you're struggling to do that. Maybe you're struggling to find any of a question about how can I further this in my life? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Going back to the phones now, Barbara is calling in from Naperville with a question. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. Hi. Um, good morning, Father. Um, what I wanted to tell you is I have, good morning. Um, I have been um, attending Eucharistic Adoration for many years, and I don't miss it every Tuesday, every Thursday. And quite often, I'm the only one there in the chapel, and I sit down, and I, I say my prayers, and I also do the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and then I, I get this peace, this overwhelming peace that I can't even describe to anybody, and my heart is, is, is just not racing any longer. I'm where, I'm where God wants me to be. I talk to Him, and He, I, he tells me everything's going to be fine. I just know that it just slows me down completely. It just recharges my batteries. I look so forward to my time with God. And, um, and it's, uh, I wouldn't give it up for anything. So it doesn't take long. It's not part of, it's not part of our church. It's a separate chapel. And I just go in and, uh, and I pray. And I, quite, quite often I fall asleep. I go into a deep, deep sleep. And it's only for like five or 10 minutes. And I wake up and it's like, oh my gosh, it just, I, I don't feel like the person I was when I walked in. I mean, it's just incredible. Absolutely. Uh, you know, thank you, Barbara. That's a wonderful, wonderful experience. You know, I used to feel so guilty myself when I would go to adoration and all of a sudden fall asleep. Even if it's I dozed off for just a second, I'm like, no, 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 you're supposed to pay attention. But a, a good friend of mine said, I think our Lord knew that you needed that so that's okay that's okay and to fall asleep in the lord what what greater comfort right so thank you very much for that and as i've been saying i'm I'm not quite sure how many times i can say this but we have to choose to give the lord attention and we have to build in types of silences adoration is wonderful it's perfect there's there's always a story, for example, of Pope St. John Paul, who would write his homilies and speeches and encyclicals in front of the Blessed Sacrament. He needed his alone time and silence from running the universal church, and he would sit in his private chapel and speak with the Lord, you know, uh, cry with the Lord, and then write with the Lord. Just, there's no, there's no um, possible way other than you and I have to be deliberate about making these efforts to speak to him and to reach out to him. Hmm. Barbara, thank you for the phone call. And yeah, great experience. And I'm glad that Eucharistic adoration has come up and that people hopefully avail themselves of that um, often if they can. Um, But that is a great place to encounter Lord in silence. And my experience would agree with yours, Barbara. So thank you. Thank you for calling him the suggestion. We're talking today about getting comfortable with silence. What are ways that you can cultivate silence in your life? What are ways that you can draw closer to the Lord through 
placing yourself in silent situations. If you have suggestions to make or if you have a question about how to do that in your own spiritual life, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149 with our spiritual director, Father Ramil Fajardo. We're going to take another short break here on The Inner Life, but we'll be back with more right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com quest. Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, my producer, and also filling in for me as I was experiencing technical difficulties today as host. So thank you, Nick, for that. Thank you to Sarah Tafoya, who's taking your phone calls as well as we're speaking about getting comfortable with silence with our spiritual director, Father Ramil Fajardo, a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago. And as we said at the top of the show, plenty of things on your plate, Father. And uh, I'm, I'm curious if you've cultivated this ability to be contemplative, even in the midst of like Manhattan as you were saying. I mean, can you recount just from your own personal experiences some of the times that you kind of got more comfortable with silence, some of the ways that you seek those things out as well personally? You know, it's become, well, I should always say, it's always a work in progress. Always okay. a work in progress. So some days I'm a little better at it. Some days I really, it doesn't exist for me. So fair, full disclosure, everyone, we're struggling in this. <laughs> that being said, as I've mentioned several times, it's got to be deliberate and not about that t- typical American perspective. It's like, I'm now going to conquer this. That's that's really kind of a huge problem that we have is that I will conquer this. This is another notch in my belt. No, our Lord says, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. So how how have I worked at it? Number one, I read the missile, the daily missile, the readings from the lectionary, and try to find at least one phrase from the gospel every day. And of course, there are a lot of favorite passages. So whether I am in the middle of Manhattan or downtown Chicago or out in Indiana or, you know, wherever in, in, the, in the woods or, or by the lakeside, mm-hmm. nature herself will show us the goodness of God. And whether it's in the chaos or in the, the, the surf, like, for example, on Lake Michigan, I'm, I'm planning a luncheon with some of my buddies. We're going to be sitting right out on, on Lake Michigan, right at the seashore or the lakeshore, and just the waves rolling up on the, on the beach and hearing the birds. That's all very calming. And it puts us in a position where we're alone with God. That's another way for people to do that. So it's a constant struggle. I don't have uh, I don't have a success rate that is continuous, but it's that desire to speak to the Lord. So yeah. I, I enjoy sitting on the lake front, you know, just taking a look at the at the the waves lapping up right on the beach. It's really very nice, and it smells wonderful, especially during the fall. Not that I want to push, <laughs> not that I want to push the fall too soon, but you know, it, it's right, it's, right. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are already, you know, lamenting the lack of summer remaining before back to school. And exactly. But at the same time, so so to play off on that a little bit more, Father. So uh, I know specifically around my area of the country in rural Wisconsin, um, going for walks is a tremendously uh, 
it's a serene time mm-hmm. and it can cultivate that that bit of silence uh in in our lives as well and uh you said that nature can reveal to us and does reveal to us the presence of god but right. there again, it does take our attentiveness to that, right? I mean, you're, it's it's coupled with that desire that you keep talking about. Right. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, yeah. Do you remember in the movie The Sound of Music when uh, when Julie Andrews as Maria goes running back to the monastery and they're, they're being chased and Mother Superior says, go, 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 take off. And, and the family are really afraid and she goes, listen, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help mm. is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. If you if you look at that, and the cinematography, of course, helps, but for you and I who have an imagination, we look, the scripture says, look up to the hills, look up to the heavens. He's already there. God is already in tomorrow. So what's there to worry about? You can look around you and see nature. You can see the uh, see Lake Michigan. You can see the forests. Or you can see downtown Chicago with all the chaos. The point is, God's already there. Mm-hmm. And so it's our pursuit and a joyful one. A joyful one. But yeah, you're right. I mean, beautiful, beautiful scenery always helps because of that primordial basic starting point. God was there, is right. there, will right. be there. And it occurs to me, too, that one of the things, and this has been said, of course, for time immemorial about uh, how uh, by the spiritual fathers and mothers, of course, as we as we look to these things, one of the things about a walk in nature, too, is that there's not really a destination. The point is the walk itself, which is to, mm-hmm. in, in to some degree, at least, to open oneself up to the presence of God. And so I think maybe this is maybe getting a little bit outside of silence in terms of an audible silence, but it does cultivate a silence of soul when we participate in these activities, whether it's getting together with friends or going for a walk in the nature, that, you know, the being together, the going for the walk, that's the goal in and of itself. It's not out there to accomplish something. Am I right. on to something there too, Father? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just being with others, because remember, the uh, the original name for our faith was the way right right and it is the way to to our savior and that it was an encompassing of the experience of life on earth constantly accompanying and being accompanied by the savior so in all things unfolding before us are opportunities and a grand vista both apostolic but also spiritual right mm-hmm. we bring the good news and joining others in a walk just a hike I, there was a, there was one time we were a, a small group of priest friends and I were out in Colorado and we were just walking around a town and it was just wonderful because all my friends would know and say at your age you're no longer an athlete not that I ever was really <laughs> but <laughs> you know the perspiration was kind of showing it there father <laughs> understood yeah yeah but what a wonderful wonderful vacation we had uh, about three years ago just walking through the small town in Colorado and then looking up to the mountains where there was a trail where some of the guys were saying well should we do that and I said well we're not really dressed for it that's that's quite a hike but looking around at all the beautiful scenery out in Colorado incredible incredible and it helped us actually in our fraternity to talk about things of the spirit how is ministry going how you know how are you praying things like that it opens up conversation even if it was not complete silence, the point was 
contemplatively in our hearts as we're walking. No one has to talk. No one has right. to talk. It just enjoy nature. And then yeah. at proper times, the spirit moves you. And even for those who live in an urban environment, uh, Father, like yourself, so, I mean, is it possible to find that sort of, uh, that fuel for the serenity of soul with the contemplation, that sort of thing, in, say, a city park? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, there's the point of nature. Sitting in, in Lincoln Park, just here in Chicago, just right by the Cabrini Shrine, wonderful, wonderful uh long park stretching along the front of the uh, Lake Michigan right in front of Lake Michigan and seeing just the greenery and the trees the shade the wind just blowing through every once in a while and just it's again I, I would imagine that in Ignatian spirituality the spirituality of Saint Ignatius of Loyola when he talks about contemplation uh, I'm sorry a consolation it is that touch of the divine that in an instant doesn't require a whole lot but you never forget it it's like atomic energy he doesn't use that expression right <laughs> but right, that right, moment right. Of, yes. that moment of consolation you will never forget it's both a scent it is a sight it's a feel you can find that just walking in lincoln park for example for me yeah. just across right. from the shrine just taking a minute beautiful beautiful moments can be experienced and you'll never forget it you cannot forget it because that's the presence of god right what about is, we've spent a lot of time talking now about uh being out in nature that sort of thing but what about what about retreats father i mean that that's something that comes to mind as we're talking about that so it's an extended period of time and it's not just about being in nature these retreats it's oftentimes whether it's a silent retreat or a guided retreat or a conference retreat or a topical retreat whatever it is there's that being out in nature oftentimes but it's also coupled with a, a particular spiritual focus um there's a there's a time when we're meant to shut our phones off to leave work behind for a weekend or a week or whatever it is so maybe talk a little bit about the the value of retreats and getting comfortable with silence Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know. If there are any of uh, some of us older folks who remember the odd couple on TV where Oscar and Felix are at, are at some monastery and they're on retreat and they're like throwing things at each other because they're not allowed to talk. They get a demerit every time they open their mouth and say something. That's not the way a retreat works. It's funny, but that's really not it. If you go on a retreat, it's to deliberate. You see, remember the one thing that I'm, I've been pointing out deliberately focusing on the purpose now there are places where there are silent retreats absolutely please don't talk please don't talk and then there are retreats that are guided where the group go into the chapel and the retreat master will give a talk sometimes it's just individual it's all custom tailored but Patrick as you were saying retreats are wonderful opportunities to very deliberately turn inward and find God in your heart and your mind and use the surroundings as an opportunity to to find God and and with so many options like Gethsemane Gethsemane Abbey uh, here in Chicago we have the Monastery of the Holy Cross in the middle of the city right in the middle of the city uh, other places out in the, the the Cabrini Shrine and Retreat House in Colorado many different expressions but the purpose of retreat is to choose for a certain number of days to put into practice what I've been saying, deliberately putting to rest these emergencies, air quotes, 
and saying, God, you have my fullest attention now. What do you have to say? Wow. Yeah, what a great question to place before our Lord. Our spiritual director, Father Emil Fajardo from the Archdiocese of Chicago, is talking to us about getting comfortable with silence. And uh, Father, as we enter into the last few minutes of the program here, I, I guess I want to turn my attention, if you didn't cover this when I was having technical difficulties, uh, about we talked about Eucharistic adoration as a type of silence, walks through nature or being in nature as types of silence, retreats as a type of silence. How about something in our own homes that doesn't require maybe too much effort of going out or getting to somewhere or, you know, taking us somewhere else? But how can we cultivate this comfortability, this comfortability with silence here in our own homes? You know, Nick, uh, Nick had mentioned something that his father did, which was at the end of the meal, 30 seconds. All right, let's just mm. pause. And that is as I said, that's something that many of us did not have, and that's really insightful, a holy pause. Yeah. Everybody, take a deep breath and find it in a way that's not overwhelming or, or oppressive, but just say, all right, everybody, breathe. Let's take a breath here. And mm-hmm. it's something that we could do at home, say, before meals. Uh, also, even though it's kind of a monastic practice, one of the things that at a certain point in time, all right, everybody, it's now silence, time for silence. Start getting ready for bed. TV's off, phone's off. You know, I've, I've also heard of good practices where people say, okay, computers get powered down. You leave your cell phone um, on the kitchen counter. Everybody's accountable. Right. Everybody's accountable. Yeah. So leave it there. So, again, small things and there's a lot of freedom in this. What's the best expression for our listeners? What would work for you? But again, it's a choice. Yeah. And it needs yeah, and that's to what, be oppressive. I know that we keep coming back to that, Father, but it's uh it does it, it merits that kind of focus that it takes both the desire that then leads to some of this detachment that you're talking about, right? It's it's a desire oh, yeah. to come close to the Lord. And that there's a reason behind why I leave my phone on the counter before I go for bed, right? There's it's not just, ah, uh, yeah, well, uh, but there's an actual, there's an intentionality to it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, my thought on that is I remember if, some years ago, I used to have my phone on my bedside table and I got a very annoying email that woke me up in the morning and uh, I was in a foul mood because of that. Nope, nope, nope. Phone's away from anecdotally. me now. Anecdotally. <laughs> yeah, yep, anecdotally, that's a good reason right there. Well, Sleep Father, in the Lord. The you, <laughs> yep, thank you for the time you've taken with us and getting comfortable with silence. May we have a blessing from you, please. Almighty God, look upon your beloved children and send down your blessings upon us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Ramil Fajardo has been our spiritual director today. It's so grateful he could join us in getting comfortable with silence. If you missed any part of the program, as I did, go back and listen at irrelevantradio.com slash inner life. Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with Father Mark Malezova. And tomorrow it's Finding Joy with Father John Eckert. Hope you can join us for that. Glad you joined us today. In the meantime, friends, grace and peace. <laughs>